Hi, I'm Holiday Kirk, and thank you for listening to the New Metal Agenda podcast. If you want to help further expand the New Metal Agenda, check us out on patreon.com slash newmetal underscore agenda. Membership perks include ad-free episodes, Patreon-exclusive podcasts, the ability to submit questions for guests ahead of time, free merch, and more. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Good evening from Los Angeles, ladies, gentlemen, people that don't give a fuck. I'm Holiday Kirk. You are listening to the New Metal Agenda. With me today, my beloved co-host, Double Z. Hello. And also, grandfather. Hey, guys. Hello. Whoa, shit. Big celebrity guests, plural. Got a full I, house. I, I just want to say, like, I feel like I got to take in the moment a little bit. Because what we have today on the podcast is, and I think that this is not an exaggeration of all, one of the most promising heavy bands on planet Earth today. Can I just say that? Z, are you going to argue? Z, are you going to argue with me? I got punched in the face in their mosh pit, so yeah. I'm a oh, I remember dude. that! I remember that! I remember that you came Whoa. back to me. You came back to me, you're like, you're like, dude, I just got punched in the face. I feel so alive right now. You're like, you're like, this is what it's all about. I was like, do you want to sit down? I don't remember how bad it was, but but I do remember You kept that. trying to make me sit down, and I kept trying to run back to the pit. I got punched in the... All right, yeah. we're moving on. So with us today, Omerta. Holy shit. Omerta from Houston, Texas. In the building, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure, I guess I'll go first. I'm Gus Gustavo. I am the vocalist of Omerta. My name is Zorn. I play bass. Hi, uh, my name is Han. I play guitar and I also do vocals. Hi, I'm Carlos. Um, I play guitar, vocals, and I do the electronic programming as well. Hey, I'm Danny. I play drums in the band. I'm not in the band, but I do stuff. This is crazy. <laughs> this is kind of insane too. We have we have Vincent Boyd on the call, a fucking legend in his own right. Yep, one of the OG new metal revivalists. I don't think you said that Vincent Boyd was going to be on this call. I'm happy though. I'm fucking stoked. This is crazy. This is like surprise. surprise. This is about to be a three hour episode. I hope you guys don't have plans. (laughs) Man, my question list just tripled. So Vincent, I want you to introduce yourself in your own bona fides, though. Um. Yeah, sure. Um, you said just introduce myself and what was the last part? Your own bona fides, your own resume, CV. Oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm Vincent Boyd. Um, I was in a band called Dark Complex for a couple years. Um, we released a couple records. Um, I guess we were one of the front runners of that new metalcore wave, as it was later called. Um, and after that, I went solo and I released a EP called Murder. And um while i was doing that actually while i was still in dark complex and into and past that um i worked with omerta and i worked with branding them designing their stuff running the socials producing writing mixing mastering all that shit um all their stuff since the beginning i guess of hyperviolence i'm gonna say to you what i said to nick giumenti of my ticket home without dark complex I think it's questionable that this would be happening at all. I think that that My Ticket Home and Dark Complex put their foot in the fucking door and put that first crack in that, that allowed us to just barge through and make the rest of this new metal shit happen. So thank you. Oh, dude, I'm. it really means a lot, honestly, to be compared to My Ticket Home, especially Nick. I love My Ticket Home. I think we all we love were, My Ticket we Home. We were geeking out so hard during the interview with him. Yeah. You guys we interviewed were, him? Yes, yeah. he was on the podcast That's and, and he had a reaction. He was like, he was like, I didn't know people still listen to us. And we were like, dude, <laughs> we listen, yeah. we listen to strangers only like obsessively for like a month. I told yep. him, I'm like, I'm like, it's one of the best new metal albums ever made, bar none. 
and and he yeah. was just super cool about it. But I want to rip Omerta. I want to rip the bandage off fast. Is Omerta a new metal band? Yeah, I would say I we are. I think I think the answer is a bit more nuanced than that. I don't necessarily think uh, new metal is the. I've been Holiday Kirk for the new metal term. agenda. Thank you all so much for joining me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean I'll, I'll let the other guys talk before I say anything else. No, 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 no. This is not like a deal breaker. I, I'm, I'm genuinely. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know, I know. I just want to see what they, what they say. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, um, in a sense, like yes, we are a new metal band. Uh, I just think that in the more literal sense, I feel like the term new metal was kind of like applied to a lot of the bands that you know weren't afraid to experiment with the music that they had, you know, around that time. And I feel like we kind of do the same thing. Um, we just kind of blend a lot of like the stuff that we listened to growing up to kind of create like this whole new kind of idea of music our idea of music as well but yeah i was I thinking know, about it before to... before i hopped on because the question is usually contentious usually it's like are you new metal and, and we've had the fucking gamut of artists just be like well but i think the reason for that is because you you hear like a subgenre labeling like that and think that it puts you in a box kind of like if we were to say like Oh, a band's Britpop or a band's shoegaze or something. But the, but to me, like being new metal is the opposite. Like we are letting you out of the box. To me, it's like if you're noise rock or if you're alternative rock, like that's that's the box. But saying like you're new metal, that means you could be fucking anything. Because I would never deny like the hardcore side. But I think I think like stylistically, we definitely check a lot of the boxes in the new metal department. And I think that the intention behind new metal, like when it was a thing um, in like the mainstream, it was definitely it was definitely what you're describing it as, right? Like something that's kind of like free from being compartmentalized into like other pre-existing genres. And really just like experimenting and not being afraid to like dip your toes and fingers into things that were outside of that or unconventional or even like completely disparate genres altogether. So I think at that point in time, that's what the idea was. But over time, you had these bigger bands that led the way for new metal and it became more one dimensional. And I think that now in retrospect, we look at new metal and like the term new metal really brings to mind only a specific uh, few uh, tropes of the genre, songwriting, um, style, whatever, and a few bands, right? Like, namely Deftones, Slipknot, Corn, Limp Bizkit, what have you. But, but can you even, like, begin? And I'm, I'm getting so invested in this. I had to, I'm getting so invested in this, I had to switch to my good microphone. So <laughs> I, I actually, thank you. Z just texted me, he's like, check your mic. I was on the wrong mic, so appreciate you. But, but like, just the naming of those bands, right? Like yeah. Deftones, Limp Bizkit, Slipknot, System, Corn. Like, let's just, you know, right. go with Cold that. Chamber, so they, on. Yeah. they all sound very different. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and that is the thing to me. I think what happened just historically is I think Limp Bizkit impacted and were so culturally omnipresent that every new metal band felt like they had to say, well, we're not that we don't, we don't rap or we don't have a DJ or we don't do this. We don't do that. But when you take the genre in as a whole to imagine that orgy and corn could co coexist on the same tour is, is actually kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. But that's kind of why like in today's day and age, the idea of new metal is kind of tainted by people's preconceptions given like the historical precedent. And I think that I'm not trying to say that we're not new metal because we very clearly are. And obviously like the ethos of new metal is something that we definitely believe in. 
and we make sure to make that a big part of not only the music but also the style and everything else however i feel like it might be time for a rebrand maybe that ethos needs a new identity a new name um a new sort of band to shed the skin of the bands that came before us and sort of like lead the way for a new generation instead of being constantly compared to like slipknot and corn and shit because i'll just say this right now for the record dark complex when we first started out we were constantly compared to fucking slipknot and corn and stuff and to be completely transparent with you i had not listened to those bands very much my biggest inspirations were like uh Duran gray and maximum the hormone and a little bit of slipknot so your biggest inspirations were three new metal bands okay sure <laughs> you're sure. like yeah. got you motherfucker gotcha see but i never thought about it that way because i just liked anime and i liked anime music and that was kind of it well i i would i would again say that like with nick giumenti it's a similar sort of situation where with nick he his inspiration was like we loved limp biscuit unironically he was like we loved that shit and we never thought about it in an ironic fashion so for you you had like this this se sequence of of inspirations and you were interpreting them in your own style unironically. And when you say, like, I think it's time for a band to, like, kind of kind of start something new, I think that's generally the idea is to just embrace the inspirations and push forward. Because it's like when when White Pony happened and people kind of were able to circle around and be like, ah, oh, that's not new metal. They're they're doing something new. It's but I think that it can still fall under the same umbrella. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. I just wonder what that identity or what that name would be like would this be like post new metal oh no 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 you don't get to do that it's oh we get to metal. do that no we're fucking doing it you are we're not undermining it. the whole brand on my podcast <laughs> that's not how this works <laughs> that shit apart bro <laughs> we're doing i think it. i think post new metal is 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 a is a decent way to put it we've I we've mean, talked to ross about it at length so what does he but, think he, we, we he, kind of have also talked to ross at length yeah 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 no we've we've talked specifically about that and it seems like he's i mean he was actually one of the first people alongside um the other label guy that's involved with us bill armstrong from side one dummy who was like hey let's think of a new name for whatever we're doing because it's clearly like you know again the ethos is of new metal same spirit same idea but i feel like it needs an updated sort of name not necessarily because the previous name is too tainted or whatever, but because I feel like what we're doing is much more than that. And I think hyperviolence maybe wasn't the best representation of what I'm describing. But I think when you hear the new music, you're going to understand why I think we need a new name. I'm going to tell you what. I I'm going to I'm going to play uh, Vincent's advocate. I think you're correct, because whether you love or hate new metal, you can't drag that corpse with you. You, you can't take like that 10 year 94 to 2004 span and be like, yep, that's that's what we are. Oh, we love those classics. The spirit of new metal is about reinvention. So if it takes another name to make that happen, I think that's I think that's a great idea, actually. Uh, it's just more about like we just need like a journalist from Kerrang to come up with it because that's how it catches. You we need have some, it. You need some asshole to make the name happen. And then, Omerta, you guys have got to come on record and be like, we're not that. And then that's how it takes. <laughs> Just you, rebuke it. You have yeah. to come through and be like, that's not what we fucking are. We're not fucking post-New Metal. Who came up with that? Yeah. Stupid. We, were, we mean, were always doing our own thing. That's what happened with Grunge, I believe. I think they said that Sub Pop or something had the name Grunge coined and like 
they were just like, yeah, let's just push this name like and then make it a thing. But um, it's smart. Like, yeah, like, it's super that's, smart. That's the history of rock music, I think, is like genres or movements coming up and getting labeled and every band with that label being like, we're not that, we're not emo, we're not Britpop. You can't call us that. But to me, it's like, if you can package it all together and refer to one genre and get everyone into those bands all at the same time, seems fine to me. Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, to, to your comment earlier, like we need like a publicist with Kerrang or something to talk about us with the genre name. We have that. That is in the plans, so. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. oh. plans. All right. So Fuck we just yeah. got to think of something cool that sticks. But yeah, it's no, got to, but it's also got to be dumb. Oh, new metal with a dumb. different accent over the U. No umlaut. It has like a line over it, like a Scandinavian letter or something. I'm not going to try to pronounce <laughs> it. Post yeah. new hardcore. Post new metal. Post new hardcore. I just smoked it. New metal, but N E W. Post new hardcore. I'm telling you, that pisses off everyone. Nobody will like that. Crazy. Crazy. I hate it. We're off to a great start. (laughs) You hate everything good. Thank you. You're not wrong. Tell you what, let me turn the floor over to Omer to the band, though. What what kind of influences would you say you guys rely like draw upon the most? And I don't mean just like we love bands XYZ. I mean like who can you put on now and still feel strongly about? because to me just like as an example to me even though i've been in this game for you know three years i still put on slipknot self-titled or iowa and i'm like blown away like oh even listening to those albums as many times as i have i listen to them now and i'm still just like wow it's a i mean those are timeless and i feel like that is a very obvious one when you hear our music is the first two like slipknot records like anytime that i i've put those records on i've just been like yes this is what heavy music was supposed to be this is where it should have kept continued to go this attitude this aggression this feeling of like wanting to run through a fucking wall and like murder people and just fucking full-on chaos and other records and like bands and artists who did that i feel like were the first time i listened to the very first city morgue record or tape whatever they call it you know how rappers are fucking ghost man hexada was another one that i was just like fuck man i heard those two records and it changed my outlook on how I want to make music and how I want to do things. Another great example was obviously, I mean, slip, I'm not slip, not sorry. System of a Down, Toxicity was another great record that, you know, every time I put on, I'm just like, yes, this does something for me. I almost feel like my body goes numb and I'm just like, holy fucking shit. This is exactly what I'm looking for. This scratches that itch that I feel like not many artists scratch. Yeah. yeah, and and I think that I think that you could r- draw a straight line through all those bands to get to Omerta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what I like most about those bands, what resonates to me the most, is that they're all very non-nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Like the music is urgent, like it's in the moment. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily pay its respects to its its beginning. And when I listen to Hyperviolence, to me, it's like I have to live in that moment in order to enjoy myself. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. oh, it's yeah. like you can't. You know what? You can't put it on as background music. No, exactly. Like, I haven't been able to play it over the speakers at Starbucks and get away with that. Yeah, <laughs> fuck no. Any, anything that you can just put on and have it as background music, you shouldn't be listening to it in the first place. Because yeah. I feel like music should be is made to be listened to and taken. And if the artist isn't doing that with their music, then they're they're failing. We've I'll talked about this at length. It's a very, very, very common conversation to have. 
Yeah. I'll tell you what, I do disagree with some of your assertion, but I will mm. say that when I'm looking for heavy music, I want mm. music that I'm that snaps my neck around and makes me pay attention. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's what heavy music is supposed to do. It's just grab you by the fucking neck and just shake you viciously and make you feel this certain way. I mean, if a guy's yelling in your fucking ears, then you want to feel whatever the hell he's yelling. If he's tearing his vocal cords to shreds, then you want to feel whatever he's feeling. And if they're not, if the heavy band's not doing that, then I feel like they're failing. It's why I'm a little, it's why I'm very skeptical of like metal and new metals descend into this like shoegaze thing. Yeah. You know, like, like bands that kind of listen to Deftones Outer Space mix on YouTube and are like, we could do that. It's, it's, it, that's like that kind of music to me is like, you could just tune this out. You know, it's like, it's got yeah. a great vibe. So yeah. I think that, I think that returning the power to bands like, I don't know, Omerta would be what's healthiest just in the future because we need things that are going to barrel forward on their own momentum. Oh, dude, thank you so much. That means the world. But yeah, man, for me, it's just music. At least it's just, that's my personal take. Music is meant to be listened to, enjoyed, and like be brought into the world that the music is existing in. And if that's not happening to me, I'm just like, why am I listening to this? I can be doing so many other things or taking in other media that I feel like takes me out of what I'm doing or the out, the real world. Speaking of other things, mm-hmm. Omerta is not simply a music project. After all, Carlos wants us to make pot roast too. Is this correct? What happened? Which Carlos? Carlos. Oh my oh, God. Wait, no, 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 no. I got that. Yes, yes. Yeah, we have a pot roast Carlos. recipe. It is Carlos. Yes, it is him. I don't know if it was pot roast, but it was some. He oh, made a few oh. recipes. Yeah, it was when we were doing those uh, news posts. I was like, yeah. oh, hey, hey, he's going, he's going, going Nardwar. He's going Nardwar. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, that's hey, crazy. Hey, hey. Okay, hey, hey. I want to be like Paros. I want to be super clear about this because I cannot. That's that's I can't take that. We we have another guy named uh, Wolf Rambats who is who couldn't make this call, who does the research and he puts together the craziest fucking research packets. So I just want to say. I mean, I'm looking at this right now. Half pound ground chicken, grated zucchini, daishitake mushroom. I gotta go. Shallot onion. <laughs> this looks really good. Bundle thick noodles. Thank Yo. You. So, so what I but what I love about this, and not just this, but also like the GeoCities pages and the stylization, like the font stylization that you guys use, is that it creates that world where fans can like live in. Where where we're where we're talking about the band, we we're not just talking about the music. We can also talk about the secret recipe pages. So if you could, you know, have you cooked this recently? Uh, not recently. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've kind of like fell out of love with like cooking recently. <laughs> but leave just, that up because uh, I want to give it a shot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, please try it. Please let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your opinion. But uh. Yeah, no, I, I used to be super into cooking. Like I, I come from, you know, like my day job is like working at a restaurant. So like working with food is just kind of like my thing. Really, I love food. I love eating. And yeah, cooking was kind of my thing. So Ooh, who in here still has day jobs? Put put your hand up. Raise your hand if you have a day job. Zorn, Vincent, Danny with his hand down. Baller. Carlos, Cran, I know you. you. Cran, I know you didn't move your hand, but you you have a day job. Oh, you Cran count here too? Yeah. I thought you were just talking yes. about the band. No, I, I have a regular ass job. Everyone's getting yeah. on common <laughs> ground here. 
man, do we think we're like closing in on the ability to just go full time or is it still a distance? <laughs> oh, hell I hope no. so. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, it's, I wish it's it's heading. Hopefully. Don't listen to these guys. They're very pessimistic. I believe it. <laughs> I can see happen. you guys doing this. So like what, you know. A lot of us right now are actually um, looking for remote work just yeah. so we can. Oh, because, yeah, just having, you know, a day job and trying to tour nonstop is almost impossible. Like, you know, some of the guys in the band who do have jobs, they're very fortunate that their jobs are really cool with it. But yeah, for the rest of us, like for me, um, when we went on tour with Bended in uh, 2021, uh, yeah, I had to quit my job entirely for that. So, yeah, since then, I've been kind of struggling. <laughs> Their loss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. But I think that that's part of what's important about what I'm doing, what we're doing, what you're doing is that I, I think that we can cleave a lane open where the commercial incentive to make heavy music can exist again. Because what I think made new metal magical, you know, it sounds kind of craven, but these guys weren't just making great heavy music. They were also making a lot of money. Yeah, and even the bands, even the bands that weren't making a lot of money, that signed shitty deals and put out records that flopped and got dropped, they still had like hundred, two hundred thousand dollar budgets. I've never recorded at NRG Studios in Los Angeles. Have you recorded at NRG Studios in Los Angeles? No, not nope, not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Even (laughs) if I got signed, if I got signed to a shit deal with Atlantic Records, I'd at least want my album done at NRG Studios. That's all I'm saying. So I think that if we can restore some of that that idea that you can like write a hit single even if you can't but if you could tr- if you could do it i think that would make the music overall better you would really like our new mm-hmm. music because that's oh exactly the mentality God. that we had going into that's it ridiculous okay you would like it so we're all gonna hop off the call <laughs> after i listen to it because this is too much to hear you react to that is is i'm over the moon because because when we talked to ross ross was the same way ross was like Ross was just in awe of what you guys were coming up with. And and I know that like what, what I found really compelling talking to Ross Robinson is that he's more than just like really dragging the the best out of his artists. He's still he's also a, a songwriter. He's a guy that's like, you have to have a chorus. We, oh, you yeah. Just, you can't just churn out some heavy ass shit. You need a chorus. We need to write a chorus. So to know that you guys have taken that to heart, I mean. Oh, of course. I think that was like one of the biggest things that we took away from Hyperviolence because Garbage was the song that did the best after that record dropped. And it was like insane to us because it was like an afterthought. We wrote that song. What was it, Andrew? Like it was literally the last song that we wrote for the fucking record, dude. We literally were just like, hey, fuck six songs. Six is a bad number. Let's do seven. Yeah. We're like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I don't know. He's like, hey. Can you sing? I was like, I don't fucking know. Let's go into this. And you know, we started writing the riffs to garbage and whatever. Up came the fucking chorus. It was like, all right, boys, are we just gonna have a Hans screaming over this? Or are we gonna have him sing as well? And we're like, honestly, let's try singing. And it just it worked out. It we, worked. It worked. It somehow worked. It was such an it was literally such an afterthought. All the other songs had such like thought put into it. And the song that I feel like was just like on a whim was the one that succeeded same thing with mini boy i feel like it was just another one of those songs that kind of just happened and boom it took those off. songs were written in like a few days yeah but, yeah but I remember garbage, was written within like a day yeah maybe literally like one day this is i'm convinced that this is the only way to write a proper rock and roll hit single is to not think about it at all absolutely because this is the story for every fucking rock band ever 
is they've have the hit and they're like it was the last song we wrote and you can be like you can be like fucking aerosmith or something and go pop and then it's like we worked with all these songwriters and we polished everything up and stuff and that's a different story but i think if you're like a metal band it's got to be like we didn't think about it it was the last thing we did it barely made the album and that's the one that takes off I, yeah, I I'm still definitely. gonna I'm still gonna put my foot in the door for for payback because payback's the one where it's like if I listen to it in public I kind of <laughs> might fight somebody you know like I, oh yeah like I'm not gonna swing on anybody but I'm I'm close I'm close we, all, we always well oh sorry I was gonna say like we've always like said that that was like the opening salvo to like a kid getting back at his school bully and that was kind of the point i mean i'm not with current events i'm not going to go out on a limb and say anything too incriminating but it i mean you know what the song this is this is that is the the plot of the song thoughtless by corn i've always found this funny is the song thoughtless by corn is about how the columbine shooters maybe had a point like that is literally what jonathan davis said and you know that was back when controversy was like good for business you don't have to make that face they said it not me so hey, I just had no idea. That's the thing. You know what? You're you, the reason you made that face is because you're like these two thoughts are not related. <laughs> what you're saying and what I'm <laughs> saying are 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 infinity part. Disavow <laughs> this entirely. Uh, Z, I want to like turn the floor over to you a little bit because I I know you're an even bigger fan than I am, and I know you've got some questions. I wanted to. We kind of touched upon it earlier, but I wanted to ask about your guys's very unique and def- well defined online personas. Did that just come about naturally growing up on the internet or how did you come to have this like unique font and all this like coordinated profile picture stuff? Um, I think I should speak on that. Yeah, I was, so, I was about to phone you in. Yeah. So <laughs> as far as like the branding goes, it was all very intentional. So obviously, you know, new metal fans, corn, the child like thing, you know, the crayons and scribbles and backwards letters. It was corn. Biggest inspiration. But also it was because I felt like the music we were writing at that time, like the mentality for Hyperviolence was that we're going to write something juvenile and raw and like immature and like angsty, but with like the sort of like um, free spiritedness that I think only comes from like youthful vigor. And when we had those things together, we were like, okay, now we need to put like a brand, like a visual representation to the music that that was hard because it's like, well, do we take ourselves seriously? Like, do we show people like, you know, we mean business, we're like grown ass men making some like big brain metal, or do we just kind of, you know, fuck off and lean into the childish stuff? And so I said, you know, let's just lean into the childish stuff and let's see how it goes. And people were telling us like, don't do it. It's gonna look stupid. People will think you're a joke. And we're just like, you know, maybe, but let's just see, let's just see how things go. So I got the idea from like, obviously MySpace, um, growing up using AIM, MSN, MySpace, Gaia Online, whatever, you know, MMOs. That's just how we used to talk. (laughs) Lots of like funny little quirky uh, styles of typing. Um, And then using lots of Unicode, uh, Unicode symbols. So I just parsed through uh, some Unicode libraries and I was like, all right, which symbols do we want to use, whatever. And then obviously the idea for the Omerta logo was that the O would look sort of like an eye, like an eyeball. And I was like, oh, let's, let's just make that a thing. So the I'm, the Omerta eyeball. And I was like, oh, there's like a Unicode symbol that kind of looks like an eye, like an, a little eyeball. So we just use that for the O's. And it was such a pain in the ass to copy and paste that because basically I type everything up manually. 
I would copy and paste those two symbols. And then every letter in between would be manually like capitalized or uncapitalized. And I would try not to think about it when I did it just to make it seem more natural. I was but just thinking to myself, like, how long does that take to just type out it anything? It takes so long. But I got I got like this um iPhone shortcut where like when you type in a certain phrase, it just autocorrects to this uh, symbol or whatever. And that saved me a little bit of time. But it got to a point to where it was so tedious that I was like, I'm I can't do this anymore. So should, is it cool if I just tell him? Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you would. All right, all right I'll tell him. So I just decided to make a text converter, actually, um, where you put in the text and it spits out um, an omertified uh, text version of that. Are you gonna and you are you gonna release that just publicly? Yeah, we're gonna release it. Um, we're kind of like saving it. Um, we're, we don't want to drop it anytime, like within the next month or so. Actually, maybe I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll play it by ear. But we have it super useful. It saves us a lot of time. It helped the guys. Basically, like it was getting to a point where I couldn't just run all the socials by myself. And I was like, guys, like y'all need to help me out, like uh, posting stuff on Twitter, Facebook when I'm at work or whatever. And then I was like, this would be perfect. I'll make this text converter. And now everyone can type like this. And then we're like, oh, you know, it'd be even cooler is if we like uh, make it public. So it's written in like JavaScript. I have a Python version, um, but it's this super basic. Did you write it? Yes, of course. It's not that. It's oh, not that hard. oh, of course. No, no, no. It's just because it's not that difficult. Like it's like super oh, basic script. Oh, it's it's not that difficult. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. The um, fucker. But yeah, yeah. So there's that, and there's also the uh, profile pictures, the avatars. So the branding for that, like I said, it was really just inspired by and informed by MMOs. So huge Maple Story fan. You know, I don't know if you guys know Maple Story. Yeah we yeah. do we do yeah i was i was addicted to that i mean for anyone who's like in the zillennial age range i think maple story was kind of like a part of our mainstream pop culture especially yeah. if your parents were not going to do the monthly world of warcraft subscription oh yeah of course not this is, <laughs> yeah. this is a key yeah. you didn't have guild wars money couldn't do world of warcraft or if you had a shitty computer with no gpu and could only play 2d games you yeah. out, and you outgrew ruinscape you know and that's yeah, what the rest was... of this this podcast is going to be about. We're just going to name whatever games <laughs> us broke people played growing up. Hey, I, I played I played all Gaia those. Online. Which one? I was super into Gaia Online. Oh, I didn't yeah. play. That I remember one. Gaia Online. Yeah, I had, yeah. I had a few. Did Gaia you ever play like? Yeah. <laughs> so Maple Story, um, Gaia Online, I guess also, and like other things like that. They were really what informed our approach to making the profile pictures and branding them that way. Uh, we actually have a revamped version of those things that we're going to use for the next album cycle. And we're going to open up, um, I guess, like a sort of like character creator avatar generator thing to the public. Um, obviously, that's not something that I want to divulge too much about yet, but it'll be kind of like everyone can have their own little guy online Maple Story character just like us. I think that even when I even before I was into new metal or heavy music or any of this shit, I, I remember going to like indie shows or just seeing opening bands at concerts around Chicago and thinking like, if I were in a band, I, I wouldn't let my bandmates wear this. And I know nobody wants to be reduced to like an image, but like I kind of came up with the concept of a T-shirt and jeans ass band where like you ever seen like a band that comes out on stage and they're clearly wearing what they wore to work 
earlier. Yeah. Yes. And, and again, yeah. Like, yeah. Again, I would never reduce a band to their image, but at the same time, if you're opening and I don't know who you are, I'm going to see you before I hear your music. And to me, it's like, if you don't give a fuck about what you're looking like on stage, well, I'm, I'm going to have trouble tuning into the songs that I don't know. So I think that when you talk about putting an emphasis on, on branding and on the look, especially when you said that you wanted to do like the childish stuff and people were telling you, don't do that. Oh, you were so right. Cause man, you could have just put a fucking like an anchor or something on the cover of this album. And Ew. Oh man, you remember the anchor? Remember the anchor era of metal? Holy shit. Absolutely, dude. Ink tattoos. Oh Hundredth, my capsize, all that stuff. It's like and it's like when the visual's not right, it's so easy to just an out for an album to just come and go, even if it's a good album. Like you just kind of look at that cover or you look at something and it's like, eh. So I think that but I think that picking something very bright and active and energetic for not just for the cover of hyperviolence, but to even just showing the raw investment to copy paste this weird ass O into every single word shows that you're invested enough into that, that people might want to go check out the music. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, these were all considerations we made to going into it, but it was also kind of like, when you embark on something that other people say like you should not do, it both discourages you and also kind of makes you want to go even harder on it. It fires you up. So we just like doubled down on it because after a certain point, we're like, okay, well, we've done this enough. It's been like a month and, you know, maybe we should retire the thing. And then we're like, nah, let's keep going. Nah. <laughs> what, else, and, what else are you going to do? Like sans serif font? Yeah. And call your new album The Reckoning or something? Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Yeah. I, yeah, I think to be honest, I think a lot of bands nowadays are struggling in the creativity department for branding. And that was one of the biggest things about new metal that I really loved. Yeah, it was it was so critical. Um, and I think a lot of that is owed to the fact that you had entire departments at record labels dedicated to branding their artists. But at the same time, it was also like you just you had to have like a creative haircut. Like you could if your haircut was stupid enough, you could get signed. And that happened all the time. I don't know if you guys are, you know, Cran, you know, from zero, right? Yeah. From zero. Dude. Uh, 40 below summer had the crazy haircuts. Did they have crazy haircuts? I don't remember. The singer had, he had the dyed blue, uh, like cornrow dreadlock things. He rocked that shit though. He rocked that. You guys are naming deep cuts. Like static X doesn't exist. Well, okay. But, but but we can talk. I mean, static X, right. We all know. But then, but see, isn't that perfect though? Like you can say static X. I found this while I was getting ready for the interview. That's their best. That's their best. Fuck, that's their best album. I like Shadow Zone personally, but this Whoa. is a good one. Too. I think Shadow, Shadow Zone's, Zone's the best too. Shout out to Need for Speed Underground. It's an interesting pick. I got to check that one out again. But I think Machine is the is like the perfect. I feel like, and I feel like the Machine era Static X has some influence on Omerta just because that's when when Static X was just pedal to the metal, like going real hard. You know what I mean? You you gotta at least don't make me don't leave me looking like a fool. I need at least Zorn to be like, yeah, I was it was really inspirational to me. Yeah, totally maximalist. Oh my god, the sarcasm! <laughs> now I gotta leave this in. Fucking kill me. But um Captain Sarcasm. <laughs> Nothing but against I, them. I just never liked them like that. Yeah, neither did wow. I honestly. I never listened to Static Kicks prior to Zorn playing them. Yeah. And I was like, I don't get it, but hey, if it floats your boat. Let it be. Better. I mean, I like that one song that goes, whatever that song is. What song? 
the, the, the court push it push it there you go oh push it okay yeah. yeah it's so easy to just edit things you say into what i need it to be so i don't look <laughs> stupid you can just pick and choose words and swap them around you know it, 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 it but moving on uh i think even though for a more relevant example you could just say like mike shinoda's red dyed hair in the one step closer video it's it's all just a part of like you get the visual image and then you hear the music and that means something. And uh, Z, when we saw Omerta, Omerta, you guys were just like crisp black attire, right? For the most um, part. For the most part, yeah. But some of us wear color. But <laughs> yeah, I remember really well, variety up there. <laughs> yeah, there's some color. I well, I remember just thinking like these guys are on on their game like this is like these guys are coming out to wreck shit and not fuck around like they're on business is, is kind of the feeling i get from it if i'm way off you can tell me i'll leave it in no you're I, you're go ahead christian oh i was gonna say i think it's i mean there's a little more than that maybe you just caught them on an off day they're usually dripped out um what you guys typically come out with balenciaga and gucci fits head to toe well, I, wish? I, I wouldn't say it's too far off. I mean, I think that a lot of the fashion stuff is really inspired by like Harajuku clothing, like early 2000s type stuff. Um, and then obviously there's some inspiration from like goth, of course. Um, but really, we try to keep our finger on the pulse and we pay attention to fashion. And we have a lot of friends involved in fashion that give us some pointers. They've helped style us. And those are things that really influence um, our direction. I mean, come on, dude, like new metal. Sure. Like we all think back to the nineties and two thousands and see like a bunch of dudes, like baggy jeans and big shirts and shit. But like, so often do we fail to realize that they were really on the cutting edge of the fashion of that time, you know? And yeah, like, like orgy. Motherfuckers. Yeah ripped bro yeah orgy and, dude and, their style is crazy yeah and that's what i was getting at was more like just that you were con it was a consideration you yeah. guys weren't like nice t-shirt let's hit the stage it was more like there was thinking and thought and care put into it oh yeah that's a thought all right maybe too much too much <laughs> thought too much <laughs> yeah okay z you got any z cran you guys got anything Cran, you just barely said anything i want to keep talking but cran Come on, use your mic. Okay, uh, Danny, I want to ask you a question. What's up? How's it going? Uh, first off, I just want to say some of your footwork on hyperviolence is just exquisite. And I was curious, uh, who were some of your biggest influences? Like who got you into drumming and then who got you into a more extreme drumming style? I mean, who got me into drumming? I mean, I got into drumming whenever I was a, a kid. I, I uh, was super obsessed with like church drumming and gospel drumming. Um, that was like the the main influence, but as far as like footwork and stuff, like Joey, no, no, uh, no, no, no. What is going on here? What is everyone laughing at? Han, <laughs> no. just say it. Han and Gus say it. Say it. Okay, so Danny wasn't around for hyperviolence. He's yeah. actually a new addition to the band. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah, but, the, yeah. Drums, the drums on hyperviolence. Oh, he's gonna have to play that stuff live, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So his inspiration is the hyperviolence album, mm -hmm. and <laughs> <Random> <laughs> mic every I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be real. Like I, I did not play super fast like kick pedal stuff up until I had to learn the hyperviolence music. Oh, really? It was one is of the most like challenging things I've ever had to I do. I was gonna but... say that's not easy material to learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, this sorry, is why Dad. you don't let guitarists write heavy drums. Oops, It just ends up being the most complicated, just inhuman shit. Oh, so it's hey. programmed. Yep. Well, yep. if you if you want to talk about like drum writing styles, I think that'd be best to discuss with Han, Gus, and I. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I could start it. Well, yeah, no, like sorry, so... Danny. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, don't. Don't 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 talk to Danny about this, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, I actually started off playing drums before I learned how to play guitar. Um, I learned when I was like three or four years old, and then kept kept playing, you know, with friends and stuff. You know, got my own drum set when I was about ten or eleven, and um, I got like this. Now that's what you call a music CD, and. I think the first rock band that I ever heard was Three Days Grace. And I heard uh, never after I heard that, I was like, dude, I have to check out the whole record. So I like listened to all of One X, downloaded the whole thing on off of like LimeWire. And I was so infatuated with just like the drums. That was what I cared about the most. So I was like, oh, like I need to play this kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, I just, you know, started playing a lot of alt rock, radio rock stuff. And then. Okay, but think... when did you hear good drums? Oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> man. Two, two, two okay. bricks in one night. This is a record shoot, man. Whoa. Come on, it's utilitarian drumming, but it's good drumming. And plus, he's he's hinting at their cover of "Animal I've Become," the Omerta cover of "Animal I've Become." So. Oh, right, right. <laughs> well, I guess you know, you say no. drums, drums that might fit more towards like our genre. I guess the first band I ever heard within this genre was uh, actually. Bring Me the Horizon. That was actually the first band I ever heard where I heard super fast and crazy drums. And I was like, yo. And yeah, after I heard that, it changed everything for me. I needed, you know, two kick pedals. I needed that four-piece drum set that everybody has. You know, having a five-piece was lame to me after that. So getting yeah. a China symbol. Yeah, I needed a <laughs> symbol, of course. And so yeah, kind of from there is where it started for me. And, um, you know, of course, after that, I got into a lot of like really fast post-hardcore music and um, I was infatuated with really fast drumming. So, you know, I wanted to incorporate a lot of that in hyperviolence because that's one thing that we all talked about when we started writing some of the parts or mainly it was Gus and Vince, but whenever I was helping out with, you know, drums and whatnot, and even with our new music, we need our stuff to be like, you know, 280 BPM, like fast as shit. And literally, so, literally. Yeah. You should that hear Han cool. writing drums. It's the craziest <laughs> thing. He'll crazy like, beatboxer. He'll yeah, he'll it, beatbox the drums and you can like adjust Han. Like he's like a DAW and you can, can, like, hey, can you can you slow it down? <laughs> yeah, you can like be like, hey Han, can you slow it down? And be like, and it's like crazy every single <laughs> instrument has its own tone like he has an onomatopoeia for every single sound and, it's and so danny's danny's just sitting in the, at the kit in the booth like literally right next to him and be like holy shit i, mean, I, can't do that, right? I don't know if i can do this guys <laughs> i can try yeah. i'll give it a go yeah so anyway danny you're drumming okay Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Vincent, do you kind of see this? And I don't want to like 
reduce it to pure vengeance, but do you kind of get to see Omerta and the success of Omerta and where things are going as a bit of payback for the dark complex thing not working out entirely? Wow. I know, right? As that was leaving my mouth, I was thinking this would could have been phrased better. Wow. <laughs> there goes Carlos. <laughs> Carlos, I just want to say Carlos is off camera. He has left the room. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. Let it All be right. known I'm the only new metal hey. agenda podcaster that has not made an ass of himself today. Hey, Vince, the, here you go. The the gloves are off. No, I'm no, finally... no. Come on. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I have it. listened to your interview with the POD cast. Yeah, no, I'll I'll say it. I'll say it. But I'll say things, I'll frame it in a way that I haven't framed it before. Yes, it was very much so sort of like it was like a redemption arc for me, basically, because I was so tired of like heavy music for so long that when I when Dark Complex dissolved, actually the last material we had written was kind of like our heavier stuff. It was like um a return to widow but not all the way entirely. And I was like, man, I still got this shit. But <laughs> of course, like afterwards, I was like, yeah, man, fuck heavy music. I'm tired of dark complex and new metal core and sworn in and whatever the fuck. Um, when we were working on hyperviolence, I was just kind of jaded to it. So actually Gus and I, the first demos that we wrote were like grunge and J-rock and stuff, like very removed from heavy stuff. We heard a couple bands at that time. I, I was like rediscovering my love for um, like mathcore and early post-hardcore. So like Daughters, Fear Before the March of Flames and so on. And then I'd also heard Vane and uh, Code Orange of that time. And I was just like, you know what, man? Like, let's make some heavy what? shit. He, he said, hey, I got to talk to you, Chief. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? <laughs> he had to get yeah. it back in blood. Yeah. He's like, no way. No fucking way am I going to let this happen. Yeah. And also another thing that pissed me off, and I'm sorry, like, I don't want to name names, but I think it's obvious who I'm talking about. There was one member of Dark Complex who, for whatever reason, would attribute a lot of the credit to him when it came to like the heavier stuff or the songwriting in general, because I guess he considered himself like a more significant member than even me. And so whenever he started writing music and dropping stuff, um, he made a point of dissing me and talking about like how I didn't know how to write music or whatever the fuck. And like how he was the real like mastermind behind the riffs and shit. And I was like, all right, you know what? We'll see. We'll see. I see you. All right. We'll see whose riffs can, you know, make it out of this shit. And obviously only one of us did. So I think that's it's it's interesting, though, to be linking up with Ross Robinson around this era, because when we talked to Ross, Ross was talking about how the Slipknot era was his response to bands like Korn and Limp Bizkit taking off without him. And how badly he wanted to prove that he could do heavier and harder than any of what had come before. So is this sort of like kind of a proving ground moment for oh. everyone? Oh, literally, I think we can all attest to that. That was, that is, not even was, it's still a huge part of our mission. I mean, that's kind of like the ethos behind our like motto, violent art. Like we literally mean we want to raise like r-a-z-e the industry and everything else in its wake and we want to just push everything to its absolute extreme and when nothing else is left standing we can build something much cooler much more exciting much more fresh in its place because frankly i'm a, I'm a huge fan of heavy music we all are but i haven't heard very many compelling new heavy bands 
And that's why I just keep going back to old shit that I used to listen to. And it's not even like nostalgia goggles or anything for me at this point. It's just the new shit, for the most part, is kind of trash. And the older shit is, it's still got it. It's aged perfectly for the most part. Vincent, is there anything you are digging currently? Well, I just I just want to make sure, like, I mean, the guys, I think we all feel that way very strongly. Like, whether it be post-hardcore, new metal, or metalcore, hardcore, what have you. Yeah, that was definitely, like, a huge thing for all of us, just pushing ourselves to the extreme. But as for, like, new music, um, I mean, I don't really listen to heavy music that much, to be honest. I listen to mostly, like, J-rock and K-pop and stuff. But um, I guess, like, heavier music. Um, I don't really listen to... Do I listen to new stuff? I mean, someone else take it because I don't know. Hey, man, I got this shit right here. Right, here what. Oh, wait, I forgot. Okay. New Gideon Records really good. Go on. Yes. That oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. yeah yep. that is good. That record was fucking amazing. And, you know, no shade. You know, we grew up watching them at, you know, play smaller venues and whatnot. And whenever... What record was it, Vince? Or anyone that remembers? The um, a Milestone? Mind? Yes. See, that shit was fucking fire. That shit was badass. And then there were some, you know, records that weren't too great. And then for some reason, I think, Vince, you were like, oh, hey, uh, I heard this clip on Twitter and it was super promising. Let's check the record out. So we all sat down together in the living room and just listened to the whole thing. We were just oh, like, oh, yeah. Oh, hey, it was actually Kirk's clip. Yeah. Kirk's clip. Yeah. <laughs> really? It was your clip. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then we just listened to it in the living room for like almost the entire span of the record. And we were just like, our jaws just dropped. Yeah. It was legitimately creative. It was so creative. They they took the genre, did something very creative. The riffs, even though like you know it's heavy music, they did shit that was so different that it, at least from them I've never heard before. No, and every time they something new that they did, I was like, "Hey, yo, what the fuck?" Also, Dan's vocals sound a lot better. I think this is the best yeah, he's ever sounded. So much that. attitude and personality. What about Volcano? Volcano, I've never listened to before, but I think Volcano's I'll, sick. You think Volcano's sick? I'll I, 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 I just like I, I love just ignorant heavy shit. Also, the drummer is amazing. It's the same drummer from Sanguine Sugarbog, and like I just love his drumming style. So yeah, hearing hearing like he, like modern heavy music with just really creative drumming is something that gets me like really really stoked on it so oh man that was what i was trying to i was gonna say earlier when i was talking to like when i was thinking about like vincent's point is to not being moved by heavy music anymore like bro i just need drum tones back so bad yeah speaking of drum tones on sorry zorn your your new favorite one of your new favorite heavy bands that we all know i was about to say this i I was i've been waiting for someone to bring it up because we're talking about drum tones so let's talk about this band we're talking about gridiron, right? Yep. I was literally about to bring Dude, that up. Gridiron oh. fucks. I fucking yes. I have not been so obsessed with the band in so long. But I literally I it took it took me so long to get into this band. But I think Gus actually brought them up at one point and was talking about it in like this one specific part in their song. I was like, you know, I'll finally listen to him. I put it on on the way home and I was like, I finished it when I got home. I was like, I've never felt like this, but I felt like this record was made for me. It was so sick. Like they have like bolt throw riffs, cannibal corpse riffs with rapping over. It. It's like nineties hardcore. It's insane. It's like some of the best mosh parts I've ever heard in hardcore, like as of late. And it's just like, I heard it about two months ago and I've just listened to it every day since like yep. at the gym, 
driving at work. I, I'm obsessed with it. It's so sick. I have to check that out. No, I sold it when you said bull thrower rips and rapping. This was you're a band. Out. This was a band that Nothing Nowhere was telling us to check out at the end of that interview. He was telling us to check them out. So I need to get back to that. Because I remember like digging that and posting one of the songs, but I, I don't think I checked out the whole record. So I need to get back to that. Okay. It's a banger, man, for sure. Oh, so you should definitely check it out. They're really fucking good. <laughs> oh, Dude, they're you, um, sorry, go sorry, go, go. If you like new metal, I don't I know they're a hardcore band. I don't give a fuck what they might say. They're a new metal band. Yep. Dogma, Fugma. 100%. Oh, there's, only, also, there's only so much like E Town Concrete you can sound before I have to just claim you. <laughs> like, you're mine now. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, I'm still working on Hatebreed, you know? I've got my team on Hatebreed. We're going to make Hatebreed into a new metal band. I've got agents in the field, but I haven't made it happen yet. But uh, Gridiron, we can we can make Gridiron happen for sure. Carlos, I was going to say, oh, yeah. you've, you've also been really obsessed with that band Candy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love... I just love how they incorporate a lot of like electronic and noise industrial elements like into just really chaotic, just almost really just dirty hardcore punk. Heaven is um, here. Yeah, heaven is here. Okay. Uh specifically the song uh Transcended to Wet. I know that's really an interesting name, but like the post-production of that song just gets me like so stoked. And it, it makes me want to drive my car into a wall. It's that's the best hearing I just yeah exactly and i feel like whenever i hear just really noisy post-production like i feel like a lot of times the way it's implemented in music it feels heavier than a breakdown to me like hearing just loud like abrasive noises that just make are just nonsensical i feel like that just brings a whole new level of just aggression and just emotion and that's kind of like the approach i take when doing the electronics for omerita um i i just try to find the most obnoxious noisy and just ear piercing sounds and i just throw them in just to kind of emphasize a breakdown and anything really so yeah can you uh, say please, please play I mean, show with us it literally it's just a matter of like please put a drum kit in a room and care about it because there's been like a lot of metal bands you have bands that are good but i hear those drums and i'm like oh this again huh like I like it feels to me like everyone passes around the same Pro Tools plugin mastering chain. What are you laughing at? What is so funny? <laughs> Dude, you're talking about stuff that we've all talked about like obsessively. Like, oh my god. Especially to, for this record. It is like to me, it's it's the it's just the drum tones. I feel like okay, guitars, all right, bass, you know, okay, could be better. Vocals, I'm yeah. into it. But then that drum hits where it's that it's that like very same pre-programmed, very grid quantitize locked yep. sound and i'm just out like we have this we have i have this band that i've been loving forever that are infinitely less hard than the bands you've been naming called cheem who are actually actually super into j-rock and a lot of their sound is inspired by that but they have incredible drum tones and they're they're big snare like they were like we referenced significant other by limp biscuit for the snare like they were just talking about how important it was to get oh, the snare yeah. right and and mm -hmm. that is like like when you think of new metal bands, think of like every great new metal album. Think about how the snare sounds on those new metal albums. Think of Life Is Peachy. Think Slipknot self-titled. Think White Saint Pony. Anger. Think Unfortunately, fur. think Saint Anger. 
I mean, but like, but like, you get it. Like, you can literally just hear the snare in your head. That's how important fucking drum tones were to new metal. So Absolutely. when I hear like eight years of metal bands passing around that "Bring Me the Horizon" ass drum kit, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, I, I can't, I can't. You might all get on the same fucking package tour, but I can't remember any of your music in five minutes. Yeah. It's so much easier for big box producers to trigger the drums, and then it, it's called brick walling in the death metal world, where all the drums just sound super loud and super in your face, and it's over everything else. Everything is because of the velocity. Up. Yeah, yeah. I, hate yeah. I hate it. It's it's the ultimate way to get me to just be like, I'm out. I'm I'm done. Sorry, that's it. So if I mean like so, but but for hyperviolence, which I do like the drums on that. Are you guys telling me? Are you guys telling me those are electric drums? Nah, they're real. Hey. They're real. They're real. There's about if real... you can hear it, it's real. No, 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 buddy. What do you mean, Danny? Can play this? It. Let me try this one for size. Okay, <laughs> so that's right. That's right. Danny's like, I, what the fuck? I'm sitting right here. So you little watch them. Danny, who, who wrote and recorded the parts for that album. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yes. But <laughs> you, okay, great. So they're you know electric drums, but you you cared about the mixing of those drums, right? All right. So check this out. I have a very strong opinion on this. So basically everything that you said, but more specifically from like the production perspective, I hate modern drum tones so much, except for like a few producers, I think do a really good job. I think Kurt Ballou does a really great job. I think Putney kind of hit or miss, not a huge fan of some of his drum tones. I hate like the really boomy drums where it sounds like you're recording it in like a fucking football stadium and like every snare just with the longest tail. Yeah. And the tops just sound ridiculous. Because it's super muddy, it's super dark, it's not fun, like it's not snappy, it doesn't hit. It feels like you're trying too hard to be epic. And I don't think it's good... like you're trying to get on octane radio. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, and all those bands like Papa Roach, no offense to them, because I still like Papa Roach. I just think the production of that kind of stuff and like um New Bring the Horizon and all these things, the snares sound like you're getting like a wooden spoon and you're slapping Tupperware or like you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and then like they'll get these giant, like huge snares, and then they'll, it'll just sound like a tom at that point, and you can't even really tell if you're listening to a tom or like a snare. And the kick and the snare are almost indistinguishable sometimes because of how they're mixed. It just sounds so ridiculous. So actually, for hyperviolence, my biggest inspiration drum wise was um, Cold Chamber. Um, their record um, was it the self titled? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was self-titled. It was self-titled. So it was a cold chamber self-titled. Hey. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was the cold chamber self-titled and also toxicity. Toxicity less so because I could not get the Andy Wallace sound even if I tried. Hey, there you go. Dude, <laughs> yeah. that reminds me. Someone once left a reply on a, on a tweet of mine. They're like, they're like, I knew this kid in middle school and he would just always walk around with the copy of hybrid theory and i and i said to him i said i said i said hey rather get caught with it than without it yep rather i'd rather have it and not need it than need yeah. it and keep not that thing it. on you keep yep. that keep that motherfucking thing on me you want to hear paper <laughs> cut right now so you know props to see. all my albums well, are in the other room he yeah. knew he wasn't getting late so he saved all that space and condoms with the... <laughs> <laughs> Fired. um vincent though i want you to pick up your thought there i liked where you were going with that yeah, the drum yeah. tones from cold chamber and toxicity yeah yeah so andy wallace 
probably my favorite mix engineer of all time. I mean, if you like new metal and you keep up with production, you'll know Andy Wallace. He's a huge mixing engineer, responsible for some of the biggest records. Hybrid Theory, we, Meteora, we talked to I talked to Ross Robinson specifically about... All right, peace out. What the fuck? Hi, Zorn. Zor Zorn's <laughs> offended. Zorn sized. <laughs> he's, he's, he's off to listen to Gridiron. <laughs> go join him. Shit. Yeah. Listen, but, I was yeah, really. I, I, I had specifically asked Ross about the snare sound that he uses on like our Carsonal and Roots Bloody Roots, like that big. Yeah. And he said he's like, that's Andy Wallace. Andy yep. Wallace is. Yep. That's Andy Wallace's snare sound. Yep. So I, I completely get what you're saying with that. He's. He's a genius, man. And like, it's so crazy that metal mixes, metal core, whatever mixes have. Oh, by the way, sorry. I forgot to mention this. One metal record, actually probably my favorite mix that I've heard in like all of modern metalcore mixing. Um, the new Gideon record, amazing. Randy LaBeouf, he's a genius. That so record excited. sounds incredible. I'm so excited it's... to go back and check this out again. Dude, the drums are huge. They sound like the toms sound like they're like two inches from my face. It's just crazy. So yeah, like I love that really like raw in your face sort of uh, production style. But um, one thing that we had to think about with the new stuff. So hyperbalance was like toxicity, cold, cold chamber, whatever. But per what you were saying, I feel like a lot of people are trying to um, adjust metal, hardcore, whatever metalcore drum tones for like modern uh, listening sensibilities and modern stereo systems where we have a lot more bass, we have a lot more clarity in the mids. And so what you have are mixes that take those things into account and they try and make everything sound like as epic as possible. And the snares just have so much body to them. It sounds more like an EDM song at that point. Ah, uh, there you go, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. There you go. It's like it's almost like Corn's fault when they did the Path of Totality. Oh like my they god, were, they were unfortunately <laughs> ahead of the curve there, yeah. thinking about having those brr, brr, cha, yeah. ass snare drums. I yeah. mean, to to me, it's like I I think that a band a band maybe around that era even maybe even fucking corn established that formula for what i can only really refer to as like octane core metal yeah and, and then you had like a successive amount of years of bands where where the commercial field for metal closed mm. down so much that it was like we can't take chances get on that tightrope walk a straight line use the same kit and make yes. it sound the same it all sounds the same yeah because especially what you referenced with papa roach who I will ride out for their new album, their their last album, Ego Trip, like gladly. I think Ego Trip is a solid record, but you're right. They use the same dynamics that Bring Me the Horizon uses because that's the easiest way for them to point at that to satellite radio or whatever and be like, you, know, like, hey, you could playlist this. Yeah. And it's cool. Like, I mean, it's not bad. Like, I don't hate the way it's mixed, but it just reminds, I think Han might have said this or maybe it was Carlos recently, how it's Han's, like, feels... Han's like, I'm busy. Don't interrupt <laughs> Slinky time. Like I'm, I'm hard at work here. <laughs> it feels like it, he's. Slinky I think time. one of them said it feels like it's just a repeat of what happened in the '80s, where everyone had the whole gated reverb sound in the drums, and it's just happening mm -hmm. again, but it's modern, and everyone thinks it's badass. So obviously, yes, dude. People want those huge drum tones. They love that shit. But I Who think it's because they them? haven't metalcore metal hardcore fans i guess they love that's that shit. They keep doing rock it. people fans. who have serious xm subscriptions 
yeah I'm, there you go well well also well i just want to say this knocked loose the new record um or i guess the latest record has those drums i mean obviously it's more raw sounding because it's putney but the freaking drum the tail on the drums are just ridiculous like every snare and tom just sounds like it's recorded in a stadium and it's huge yeah and that's cool but it's just it the moment i hear something like that i i'm immediately thinking about being in like the crowd of a giant stadium at like rock am ring or some shit and i don't want to be there to listen to knock loose i want to be backs like hurting you're you're yeah. not really in the my pit. feet hurt the pit's I'm like sweating. way over there yeah i'm buying I, 20 lemonades but yeah, I, I was just gonna say everything's expensive yeah, yeah I and, and i think that zorn is holding you guys back and and i agree <laughs> with vincent what the fuck i agree with, <laughs> i agree with vincent when Vincent says, just drop just it cold. Okay, Zorn, this is going to be a weird. Like, you're not going to have expected this. Okay, no, 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 no. We were, ta- we were talking. Don't worry, you're safe. We're talking about drums and not involving Danny at all. So if anyone's in danger here, <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just talking about the, uh, like, drums on the Knocked Loose record and how every fucking shell sounds like it's, like, 200 feet wide. And it's like in this giant stadium and it's cool, whatever, just not my thing. So I think I disagree, though, when you say that that's what people want. I think that even though you're able to consciously say, I don't want this, I think that there's a million listeners that just need to be activated into understanding that they don't want this. Like the first time people heard Smells Like Teen Spirit and realized, like, I don't want to listen to Nelson. You know, Well, the thing is. I guess to clarify what I meant when I said they want that, it's they think they want it. They yeah. don't necessarily and, and know then, what they want. And then radio programmers and producers actively want it. But yeah. I think listeners are waiting to be to be shown the light. They they might be, but that's exactly what I was gonna bring up in my next point. The new stuff is kind of like my take on getting like the modern or like taking into account the modern listening sensibilities and like modern pop conventions for mixing drums and whatever but also having the dry rawness of like the new metal and like alt rock mixes of like the 90s again andy wallace of course but um i think a couple records that i think really did that well were the new polyphia record for one those drums are so dry they sound they sound like they're in your face. The Gideon record, great example. Um, can't think. Of I like too the many drums more. on the Chat Pile album. I have not listened to that. Oh, um, oh man, you really should. It's like a. It's like it's like it's. Uh, you never would have it, been able to convince me that the Jesus and Mary chain could have been new metal until I heard that album, and then suddenly I was like, no shit. Hey Carlos, I know you like chat pile. Do you think the drums yeah. sound like what we're going for? Absolutely not. No. Um, <laughs> okay. No. I, 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 okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So, go ahead. Go ahead. When I brought them up, I wasn't bringing them up, and I haven't even obviously I haven't even heard your new music. It hasn't hit Soul Seek yet. I search every day, but <laughs> but when I brought that up, I was literally bringing that up only in the context of a of a band that considered their drum tones as an artistic right, part right. of their music. As an extension of exactly. the music, not as a thing to just click, 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 move on. So that that's yeah. what I meant by that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, think for chat. Oh, God, go ahead, go ahead. no, no, no. What's up? No, I think for chat pile, like the drum tones really, really like match like what they're going for musically and even lyrically as well. Like, I feel like a lot of chat pile music is kind of like a response to just, you know, just modern day, like 
problems and how dirty and gritty it is. And I feel like the drums really kind of capture that. So right. I feel it, like it, it has that, an emotional thrust. Exactly. Exactly. Like there, it, they did put a lot of like thought into the actual drum tones. Okay. And yeah. I, I, I totally felt that whenever I listened to the album. I think, I think another band or another producer, Josh Schroeder. So he did King 810 or King 810, whatever. Yes. Um, he did the Tala records. <laughs> Holy mm. shit, dude. I, you know, I have some opinions on the new Tala record, but the production, his mixing on those drums, insane. Like, and that's like, and that's half the battle. Yeah. Yeah. That snare on that new Tala record is insane, man. I love that sound. Um, oh, is, new turnstile too. Sounds great. This is great. We we could go that we could go from all new music fucking sucks to a 20 minute discussion on how much great new music there is. And well, I'm like not even I said being the, funny. I said the mix. I didn't say the music. So 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 on all of so on every band you just named, you're like, but the mix on all of those sucks. No, I love Gideon, the new Gideon record. Um, I think Matrophagy, 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 I think it is. Whatever. They made it up. It doesn't matter. It's in English. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think that's a great record. I'm not sure about the new one. I think there's some really great songs, but I also just get tired of hearing Simon. Like every few seconds, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and then yikes! Oh yikes! Yikes. <laughs> yikes! And then like fucking yikes! <laughs> I hate that. I do like. I do. That is something I do love. Conceptual. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, I like. I like the kind of riffing where you hear it and think I could pick up a guitar and and figure this out. Like when it's in like drop tuning. Like if it's in drop B or drop. D or something and you hear the riff you think like well okay zero two three zero two five oh you know zero two five like I like that I prefer that more to the like pentonic scales to the eighth going up and down the neck over and over so oh you'll love our new record ah, I can't dude you have to send me an advance or you'll something I know that I'm Mr. Uh -huh. Twitter but I'm quiet as kept I will not leak a fucking thing you you got it when do you have an idea, any like concept of when it's going to come out, or is it just like a when it's done type deal? Hey, I want to talk about it. Hey, we can talk about it. We can get into it. Yeah, the video component of this episode is going to be so necessary because every time Vincent gets this smile, just like he gets the Joker smile, he does. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, he's, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I guess Danny like, played those drums. Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 It's just funny, like whenever you talk about like someone playing the drums, I just imagine Han like being in my room, just going, but 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 but. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They play the drums. Wait, Han. So is it? Do do ga do do. I'm really excited for you to wait. So, but did you have creative input on this record? I helped out some. It was it was all a collaborative effort. I mean, we we all get crazy ideas of, for like drum parts, so yeah. Print it. When is this album coming out? All right. Um. Okay, I'll just say, hey, okay, I can give a date, right? So this yeah. is coming out next Monday, right? The whole album? No, no, no. I'm, no the this, podcast. This episode. <laughs> but uh, relax. <laughs> I'm getting excited now. Oh, like, wait, what? Huh? Holy shit! Day and date with the new metal agenda. Let's go, oh, baby. Okay, wait, so this, yes, this it is coming here. out. This podcast is coming out Monday. Okay, well then, for anyone listening, our debut single for the new record 
comes out tomorrow. Oh shit! Tuesday. Okay, I was like, I was like Thursday. No. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kirk, use your noggin. Oh yeah. my god! Fuck yeah! Yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday April. Hell 4th. yeah! And if you would, and if and if you got even crazy enough to be like, maybe New Metal Moments can debut this. I mean, we are currently trying to get all of our assets in line for the drop, and by that I just mean. I'll probably have to spend a few nights not sleeping, working on getting the video for it done. <laughs> um, oh yeah, video too. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a video. Um, it won't be a music video per se, but it'll be a video. It'll be an interesting video. How much are you tackling? Like in the video? Like, what is your creative responsibility for the video? Oh, I'm animating the video, and I'm also helping to design and draw the assets. So yeah. Hard day's night. What program do you use? Um, I usually use Premiere, but I think I'm going to have to use After Effects for this one. Oh, yeah. Animate. Oh, man. Let me know if you need pitching in on that. I use both. Really? Oh, that'd be helpful. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I I like animating in Premiere because the interface is really simple. I've never done it in After Effects, but I imagine it's not that different with keyframes and stuff. All right, everyone else going to hop off now. After <laughs> Effects is its own beast for sure. That's how I do all of my like assets in. I do all of my assets in After Effects. And even if I can't make it happen, I can connect you with a million people that could. So <laughs> hit me up and then I can debut that motherfucker. Right? Tit for tat. This has been Holiday Kirk with the New Metal Agenda. I'd like to thank my guests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i mean hey do you guys mind if we send him like the advance of the song i'm oh, more than happy to yeah, for sure let's do it just keep yeah. in mind That's that fine. i have nothing to gain by i mean yes i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i wouldn't mind i just want i want to hear your thoughts honestly yeah it's some of the most okay this song is more of the sort of like typical omerta fair when you hear it, you're like oh this is pretty crazy but Hyperviolence is more or less still like similar to it in most regards, but the stuff after it sounds almost unrecognizable. It's like barely recognizable as any heavy music that you'd be familiar with. I'm not trying to say that to like gas us up or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that to preface it, just in case anyone after the record drops or after you hear the debut single goes, wow, this record is weird as shit. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm saying it right now. I don't know if you'll like it either, but that's the whole point. You can't start a revolution lying down, right? You gotta I think that would be piss the best reaction, off. wouldn't it? Yeah, you Somebody gotta hear it like, off. what the fuck is yeah. this? It's like yeah. I told you earlier, you know, war is necessary. Yeah. I'm so fucking hype. Yeah, I mean, hey, excited. we're gonna we're gonna hype it all up, and then he's gonna listen to it and be like. Yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm just like, oh, turntables. Oh, that's... Hey, oh, he's rapping again. Nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, these drums are not what I thought they'd be. <laughs> They're everything we've been preaching about again. Yeah. Well, preaching against. Oh, oh, a Halsey feature. That's. <laughs> oh my god. A Halsey feature. Well, okay, okay. If you like. I'll say this. If you like toxicity, if you like anime intro, like J-Rock stuff, if you like jazz, I think for this single, not the whole record, but just like for this specific single, is there anything else I'm missing that maybe um, uh, completely, you've completely lost the grandfather. He is like 100% on. He <laughs> hates toxicity. What? Yeah. What? Really? Been dying. You have been why? fucking dying Speak to up. say this the whole episode, and now this I'm is why I said he hates everything. That's I've been. I know you've been fuming. Come on. He's, he's not gonna like the new music. <laughs> he's gonna hate it. Here, the mic here we here. go. 
I was raised on the self-titled. That's really hard to explain. But as much as I love the self-titles, as much as they lost me on toxicity. Fucking tail. How did they how did they lose you? Like what about it do you not like? Did you lose the way it sounds and the songwriting? Like too much production? And I have to confess, I saw them on the Pledge of Allegiance tour in 2002, and it was one of the worst shows I've ever seen in my entire life. And I just instantly fell out of love with them. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Wait, so you don't like the production either? The production's fine. It is what it is. Oh, dude. Rick Rubin and Andy Wallace? Man, Rick Rubin That's a powerhouse right there. What else was Rick Rubin up to around that time? Do you guys like American Head Charge? I I, I think they're okay. I don't care for them that much. I don't think I've ever heard that name in my life. Yeah, me either. I, I'm I am I am trying to figure out like how to go about this because it's like because a lot of what we've been talking about like music that makes you want to fight God and win that's like what American Head Charge was doing for a while there but Vincent over there being like I hate them is like you know you got to kind of tread carefully because he is the the mother of the group if I may be so bold you can print that the um, mother <laughs> so oh my God. I can edit that later. That's the fun thing about <laughs> podcasting, you know? It's doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much box wine you drink in advance. You can just edit things later, you know? No, it's okay. cute. I'm down, I'm down to be a mother. The mother of the group. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I no, I couldn't. I, I actually, I literally couldn't be more excited. Z is in the, I'm sure Z is also. You, you got to come over. Because like, that's what record labels used to do is record labels used to literally, he's doing that smile again. Record labels used to literally glue a CD player shut and send that to journalists. And that was the only way you could like hear the song. So if I'm entrusted with the single, there's no, I can't, there's no way I'm like slacking it to you guys. Yeah, for sure. But after you made the toxicity comment about the grandfather, oh. now I'm like concerned because <laughs> dude, if there's any band and any specific album we've been compared to the most on the new stuff, it's like, Oh yeah, this is crazy. You guys have this, you guys have that, you have this, whatever. And then, Oh, and I hear a lot of toxicity. Well, it sounds like Kirk and I will love it then. Crazy odd man out here. What if we fire him right now? Yeah, we could do that. What you if you fired just... me twice already on the show just well, now? Third time's a charm. Fuck. Maybe this time it'll stick. Yeah. <laughs> Cran, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Wait, Cran, you I don't mean, like Darren's vocals? You're not I, a Darren? I, fan? Per- I prefer Surge's. I uh what? Ah, okay, hold up. Wait, what? We all we all prefer surges. What? Well, don't speak speak for yourself. Come on. I mean, I like I like both. I think they complement each other very well. That's the yes, thing. They do. Liked, That's I why liked... hypnotize is their best record. Oh my god. Does it hypnotize have does hypnotize have lonely day on it? Yeah, it does. Out yeah. of here. No. As soon as they let Darren do lead, it was over. I'm Holiday Kirk with the new metal agenda. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. Tell you're really ending it or not. Do that. I could do that. I could just do that. <laughs> okay. We're not. I, I'm going to tell you what, though, I was I've been thinking about this for a while. I think it would be fun to do like a full Nelson episode on toxicity and just let like two teams go at it rather than do like the whole. Oh, what a masterpiece. Uh, episode like it would be I think it'd be more fun to have people actually slug it out uh, on the album because I'm a little bullish on it as well. But moving on. So the single, any idea of the album? Yeah, so I was going to say, um, so after this single, we plan to drop a couple more singles, um, four to six weeks between each other. And then I, we're, we're playing it by ear. Um, our team over at uh, Blowed Out Records, I think Ross might have mentioned that. Yeah, so our team, um, they want to pace it and just see how the reception goes. And then 
if everything goes according to plan, we will have the record out after a couple more singles after this debut. So that puts us to like, I don't know, like what, August, right? Yeah, August, September, something like that. Yeah. So is it done? Yeah, it's done. Yeah, of course. More or less. What the fuck? Yeah, trying to release a record that's done. done. Yeah, that's insane. Of course, it's done. Wouldn't it be wild if we only dropped a single because we didn't have the rest of the record done? That'd Mm -hmm. be crazy. I didn't know if it was just like ninety five percent done. Like there was some polish being put on some things. No, it's definitely done. Every time you say something like that, (laughs) I like scale back the percentage in my head. Like right now, it's down to like forty percent done. 30 that that's generous you haven't even started (laughs) (laughs) what is a record you're pacing the singles because you have to record them still the recording you got you guys are actually all about to hop off and immediately start cutting the single that's that's what this has been yeah you're not you're not that far off but you know what but that's but that's fine because that's when good rock music happens is when you're putting it together in the moment and just you're inspired rather than sitting around in some room and being like what about that chorus no i don't know what about this chorus no i don't know well funny thing actually that's exactly how we write music so yeah that's exactly <laughs> how it goes you don't do that with the executive from warner brothers records breathing down your neck oh yeah but you know even if that person would be breathing down our neck. I think they'd be impressed by what we put out, even oh, yeah. if that's our methodology. Because I'm going to say it, this new music is insane. Actually, to append what I said earlier about this record being like, you know, not done, done, whatever. Um, we actually wrote Suicycle already. So <clears throat> Suicycle was originally supposed to be something else entirely. This was supposed to be just like singles to kind of bridge the gap from hyperbalance to suicide. But we were kind of like, eh, you know, two songs don't feel like that's the best representation of like what we're about on the new stuff. We should step it up three songs. And then we were like really committed to the three song thing. And then we got on a call with Ross and Bill Armstrong and they were just talking about planning the release and they were like yeah you know we'll have um a few singles and then after the few singles drop we'll drop the whole ep i think they said like yeah like two or three singles and i was like we only have two or three songs like what do you what do you mean <laughs> two or three singles you know a couple <laughs> videos get yeah. you guys on a promo campaign letterman conan and then like the, and then the and then what and then after we have three songs out, what do we what do we drop? The same songs, just like with new album art. And then the, finally the fucking dance remixes. And I'm not actually kidding. I'm like, yeah, I'm no, sort of not kidding. That's that was almost a thing. That was well, it kind of is a thing, actually. On the record, in the record, there are kind of those things. I'm not gonna get into more detail than that, but Carlos and I have been working very hard on those remixes. But yeah. Anyway, so that was like the moment where we're like, you know, Ross, we only have like three songs, but if you want, we can add a few more. And then he's like, yeah, sure. And we got in way over our heads. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we bit off way more than we could chew. But we were like, yeah, fuck it. We got this. And there were some unfortunate things that happened between then and now that prevented us from meeting the uh deadline that we established for ourselves i don't want to 
say anything unless any of the other guys want to talk about their unfortunate events um, during the process. What's up, Carlos? Carlos, you got something to say? Oh, I got something to say for sure. Um, On the topic of, you know, the, the dance remixes, I spent a pretty considerable amount of time writing one of the dance songs for the album. And after working on it for God knows how long, I finally finished it. It was in my laptop, ready to export. And then the day after, my car gets broken into. Oh. And, and my laptop is stolen. I felt including it the entire I felt song. It. Felt that. Oh. So it's not a thing anymore. And then yeah, so it's, it's, it's come like a it's become like a ongoing joke between us and everything. But um, I mean, we'll, we'll give him the laptop back whenever the you know the record's out. And we'll be like, hey, you're an asshole. We wanted to, we wanted to build some character, and we felt like this would be <laughs> the thing you said. Build this fist in your face. <laughs> but, but hey, look, a, a great new song came out of it. It was not in the cards. God came down to your car and said, "Son, this will not be a thing. You got something better in the chamber. So I'm gonna take this from you." And give you a better laptop with a better song on it. And that's what happened. And it's funny because, you know, I was actually revisiting that song, you know, a couple days ago and listening to it. And I was like, man, this is a great song. I really wish we actually went through with it. Oh, <laughs> and I, hell no. I, 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 forgot, I forgot who it was, but I remember I was listening to like a bunch of stuff. And then Vince looks at me. He's kind of like, oh, yeah, I love stuff like that. I wish we had that on the record. And I just closed my laptop and I almost jumped. Oh, the oh it was it was Huitan. Yeah. Oh, it was? Yeah, oh, Huitan, yeah. He was he was showing us his Jersey Club songs that he's been making. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. um that happened. Oh, the other funny thing. The night before it got stolen from his car, he was at my house in my room and we were working on it. We had literally just finished it. I wrote this crazy baseline for it, and I was like, this is it. And he's like, Yeah, this is perfect. All right, so uh do you want to get started mixing on it and i was like yeah sure um um you can just send me the stems tomorrow or whatever and he's like are you sure you don't want me to just do it right now i was like no, no, no it's late you should just go to sleep and you can send me the stems like later this week or whatever oh, and so he's like all right sure so had he just exported it and given me the stems this wouldn't matter but because he didn't do <laughs> the song just stopped being a thing and it was just a part of our plan for me to go steal the laptop out of his car <laughs> yep <laughs> Oh, oh, those stems, man. You know what? IT tech support, back up your data. What can I say? Yeah. What can I say? So unfortunate. Well, at least we got a better song. Yeah, that is true. Wait, there you go. And then you you, you can't complain. I mean, you can complain. And you I are complain. complaining, but. Yeah, $2,000 $2, later. $2,000 $2, later. Damn, yeah. nice laptop. Fuck. In 10 years, Kirk is going to leak that song on his fucking Twitch stream. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gonna find it. He's gonna find the thief. No, I stole the he's gonna, laptop. He's gonna go to a pawn shop right down the street from his house and find his laptop and find the song. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Just bring it out right now. Oh, you back. mean you can keep the laptop? This laptop? It's got the Alienware logo on it. <laughs> oh my god! God damn. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of where we're at with the record. Um, and then so basically, we have this record, and then we have a whole other record that was supposed to be suicidal, but it is not coming out. And we're gonna turn that one into a full-length record, but suicidal is going to be our second EP. So yeah, this is, I 
I'm fucking fucking really amped. And it, it is getting late over here. Not as much for you guys. You guys are all in Hawaii, right? We're totally. actually in Mexico. <laughs> I wish. We're in Korea right now. Yeah. I like to Korea. project what I want for bands onto them. So in my head, you're all recording in Hawaii. So you're welcome. But thank it, you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm really excited to hit and meeting and for Vincent to get onto his computer and and send me the Dropbox link, the Google Drive link, whatever. And Dropbox. <laughs> the single. Got it the first time. Now you have to. He's doing it right Can now. Share? I see the reflection in his glasses. Oh, wow. You see it? Oh, wow. Why can't I ever just play it cool? Hot in 4K, brother. <laughs> can never just play it cool, can I? But uh, I'd like to genuinely, from the bottom of my fucking heart, thank you guys all for taking the time to, to join us and make this happen. Yeah, thank you for yeah. having us. Of this course. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure. Thank you much. Yeah. And check out our new song coming out tomorrow. Uh, can I say the name? Yeah, yes. say it. With your chest. Anti-amorous. This has been Holiday Kirk <laughs> with the New Metal Agenda. Just reminding you to always be listening to the genre. Support bands, support the new bands, and have yourselves a great night.